Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and over. Play by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Coming to you since 1997 on KKUP Radio with over 250 guests and still going strong in their 12th year of weekly broadcasting, the International Taz and Paula Show brings to you expansive, engaging, and groundbreaking intensity on radio and now on the Internet airwaves today. Listen live every Thursday or visit Embracing Mother Earth's archives, exclusive articles, Ask questions and receive actual answers from guests anytime at TazAndPaulaShow.com. Taz and Paula's special guests are experts coming from all walks of life, energizing our lives with a passion that inspires and teaches us with each of their compelling personal life journeys, with roots from ancient wisdom and bridging it with modern science. We hope today's show touches the wisdom of your heart. And now... Taz and Paula. Oh, good afternoon, everybody. This is going to be so exciting. Well, stepping through time is our guest for Tay. Sheldon Nidal knocks on doors we may have not thought about knocking on, but it will be part of our journey as well in the near future. And Sheldon's life partner, Colleen Marshall, is always by his side and brings to us her personal journeys at times in their incredible newsletters that go out. And she is with us today as well on this interview. Isn't that awesome? Before us today, Paula and I have some questions that have arisen. So who do we call on to share with us? Well, call him the master of Earth Hidden History. You got it. It's Sheldon, of course. We just love his discussions on history. You are now listening to the International Taz and Paula Show. I'm Taz. And I'm Paula. Wow, Taz. You were really right right on when you said what you said. But Sheldon volleys Earth history as if he remembers playing in every corner of it. Sheldon Nidal is an author, lecturer, physicist, and a UFO ET representative that has learned to walk between many worlds, being thoroughly and carefully educated by the Galactic Federation. While many speakers in the New Age community use channeling as a method for obtaining their information, in contrast, Sheldon receives his information directly and clearly via his etheric and physical implants. This method facilitates an ongoing telepathic communication with his ET contacts, Wow, Paula, we have so much to cover today. Mother Earth is really revving up. (laughs) The frequencies have wrapped and lifted us even higher over the last week. Sheldon and Colleen, it is so excited to have you with us today. We we are just ready. Welcome to both of you. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be back on the show again. Thank you. Ah, Colleen, are you... Ah, there she is. Welcome, Colleen. We, it's so it's so nice to have you along with Sheldon on the call today. Thank you. Yeah. Well, presently, many individuals are in discussion about common law versus admiralty maritime law, our present system, and they've indicated that it will take years to educate people for this new way. I'm questioning it. However, after thinking this through, we've actually operated with common law before, so it may be easier to implement than previously thought. Sheldon, I'd love to have your input on this and what your thoughts are about it here. Well, what we're doing is we're going to be restoring what really is called constitutional law. Uh, Common law is really based in this country upon the Constitution and the rights given to us in the Ten Amendments. So we have to realize that's a basis. The actual formalities of the of the procedures will come. As a matter of fact, there are networks around the planet that are working 
to make all that happen. So what we have to realize first and foremost about is it's really about restoring in this country the Constitution and the rights and privileges such as privacy that used to be in this country uh, paramount. And so the other thing we have to understand is the law courts on this country are based upon actually King's Law, and we need to change that to where people have a more open forum in the course of a, of a court trial to answer questions and that it's not based so much upon lawyers who are really members of the Bar Association, which is really uh, British Registry. So what we have to then understand in our heads as we look at all of this is to realize foremost that this system is, as I've said again and again, is about establishing a true constitutional courts with law. In other words, it's a civilian court. It's not a military court. We have, unfortunately, in this country been upon, uh, with the bank system, creating corporate law to run our country. And that isn't really what we want. Or some people call it King's Law. I call it corporation law because it's, it's the banksters and their system that is running this country. And so as we begin a process of changing all of this, we will be implementing with a new Congress under Nassara a new system of law. Now, many people are saying, well, what happens? Most people who are lawyers right now do not need a tremendous amount of retraining. When it was originally thought about back 14 years ago, when people were talking about Nassara, uh, the process was they figured it would take a month to a month and a half at the most to retrain every lawyer and that the only lawyers that would not be allowed to do anything were those who had offices in the various bar associations of the various states. Except for that, it was decided that the rest of them would have to be retrained. And the process of retraining them and then bringing in judges that understood all of this would, would take a month, a month and a half at the most. So the, the procedures will be that, one, things such as income tax violations and things like that that have led to some kind of a jail sentence will then have to be instantly forgiven because that's all illegal. And, of course, no person who is a member of the law profession will be allowed, as I've said, not only to have uh, members in the uh, various officers of state bar associations, but also have a, taken on any kind of a uh, minor title like Esquire. So all of that will be done because the original 13th Amendment will be brought back in. And the 13th Amendment, the original one, which happened before the War of 1812, says two basic things. It says, first of all, that if you are a person who under the entitlement of, of any kind of accredited thing like the Bar Association or you have established some form of a title, you will no longer be allowed to A, run for office, B, take on any kind of court cases, and C, if you insist upon the legality of what you are doing, you could be open for not only no longer being allowed to be a lawyer, but possible exportation, in other words, sending you back to England because they will then consider you to be a citizen of the, of the king or queen and not an American. So what we have here is a system that doesn't need uh, an awful lot of adjustment. So when people think they have to build special networks, etc., uh, the judge versus the magistrate system is not that much different. It's based upon what is called law precedent and traditional law. It's not based upon anything really unique and different. The way law cases are, are done means people have to be retrained in how you look at a case and how you would want to bring forth your client in that particular case before the magistrate to determine the rightness or wrongness of whatever you're talking about. So that shouldn't take that long. So as far as the switch from a English-based system of law, which is really what this is, in other words, king or queen's law or sea law or amnesty law, as it's called, to a return to common law, which is basically a variant of constitutional, traditional constitutional law, that should not take that long. As I said, most people who were experts in this when I was reading about it long ago, way back just before, 9-11 uh, happened, we're talking only about a month to a month and a half at the most to complete all this retraining of not only 
uh, people who would be adjudicating the cases, the magistrates, but also those who would be both the prosecutor and uh, the lawyer in these cases. So I don't see that as being a tremendous difficulty. So you actually see the people, the, the attorneys, kind of being more open and fluid to this I um, actually almost have to be huh? if you want to if you want to still play the game. If you want to still so, play, yeah, if you want to still play the game, you have to realize there's new rules, and that most of the stuff that has been passed is statute laws, and those will not be allowed anymore. So you have to realize that the amount of law books you will have behind you in your library will be vastly decreased. <laughs> <laughs> So is there anything like um, previous from eons ago when this used to be the norm? Is there anything that's still available that they can, that they can bring forth and open up and uh, work on this basis? Or will there be temporary um, support like from the Galactic Federation helping in this way? Well, we have a tradition in this country of, this, of these circuit courts. Way back when there was no radio and no television, no cars. Lincoln was one of these lawyers. Uh, it's done differently. You know, you, the judge talks to the lawyers. His job is not to try to outsmart anybody. It's just to use common sense in figuring out exactly what it is that you're doing. So while you cannot use certain things, like how you write torts, etc., you have to understand uh, just exactly how arguments are made and how you have to... Uh, fully understand the nature of rights, and that the sneaky stuff allowed by various lawyers and courts is no longer there. And the, uh, the way that the judge is treated in the, in the courtroom by the attorneys is also done a little bit differently. In other words, there's more of a confrontational between the judge, which is the magistrate, and the, uh, and the attorneys. So the process is done differently. And we have, as I said, a tradition. Lincoln was an example of this uh, self-trained lawyers who basically based their cases upon common sense, upon what was right or wrong, based upon the concepts in the Constitution uh, under the Ten Amendments of what are the rights of every citizen, of every person. So when you look at all of that, you say, yeah, there's a tradition in this country of it. It's largely being abandoned by the way the courts are set up right now. We cannot look at the court as being almost like a, a king. It's a place where you come to have a friendly argument and settle issues and do it in such a way that allows for both sides to fully explain what's going on in accordance with the rights given each person under the Constitution and especially under the Bill of Rights. So... It's done a little bit. It's based on precedent more than normal, but it is based upon precedents, based upon traditional concepts in, in old English common law, based upon the rights and precedents of blood, and et cetera. It's, it's a whole different case. It isn't the way we have now where we have all these laws passed that say you can't do this or you can't do that or this is illegal, et cetera. That is not what we're talking about here. So this whole network of how it's to be done is I think not that difficult, and that's why they said it would take uh, the average lawyer who was willing to do this no more than a month to a month and a half, and at the end of which he would just have to pass a common exam to prove that he understands the process of what he has to do or she has to do to to conduct law in a, in a courtroom. That's that's basically it. The the other things, of course, uh, like the uh, the flag would be the civilian flag. It wouldn't be the military flag and stuff like that is uh, relatively irrelevant. What's relevant is that the, uh, the fact that the judge no longer represents a governmental entity per se. He represents a person attempting to make a judgment based upon the facts that are given, and you don't have a chance to create all these uh, uh, written arguments and statements as you did before. So it's just a little bit done a little bit differently. Well, what will so happen like just before all this change? I mean, when we change back to this, what will happen just up to that point, I mean, to create the change? Well, first of all, there's a thing called NASARA. NASARA is the National Economic Security and Reformation Act. 
what it says in there is that we are to return to constitutional law, and I can put in parentheses next to that, common law. We're getting off the horse of where the king, that's why judges are named like your honor and you can't insult them or anything like that because they represent the, the king or the queen. In this kind of law, they don't. They just represent the community. So the, the difference right away is you can see it with just that. The, so the way, it is, the way it's done, the way arguments are presented, etc., is done a little bit differently. And so none of the tricks that a lot of lawyers have learned uh, will, uh, will work with this. So they have to be retrained in how they take on a client, how they set up for it, and how they conduct it. So that shouldn't take that much longer, as I keep emphasizing, month to a month and a half. And then it's, it's done. So all of this is going to be happening because when the SAR is declared, it changes the whole very nature of this not only economic system, but the entire political system. We have to realize that not only is it about common law, it's about changing the entire culture, the political culture of this country. We get rid of political parties. We level the bench as far as Congress goes, no special rights. The purpose of a congressman or a senator is to do laws based on common sense and, and upon the people. It's not upon what corporations said to do. All that stuff has to be thrown out. No special interests, none of these gifts, etc. You're just there. And this is something even that uh, John Adams, as the first uh, vice president of the United States, understood. He was starting to see in Congress all these little itty-bitty arguments that upset him. We have to understand deeply that what we're doing here is not creating a new political party system. We're creating a system that allows two things to happen, the first and most important of which is the people are actually going to be represented, and the purpose of a congressman or a senator is to represent his constituency. And by that, I do not mean the people with the money on Wall Street. What we are going to do is separate all that out of the political system and create a political system that really works and with the prosperity systems set up, people will then have a chance to monitor what's going on with their, with their legislative and with their executive branches of government, as well as overlooking closely as they can any decisions made by the Supreme Court. And incidentally, there has never been a common law Supreme Court. There's never been a law done in Congress that was specifically about the setting up of the Supreme Court. It's always been done in setting up local judgeships, etc. And according to the Constitution, there had to be a separate system, a separate set of rulings on how this court, the Supreme Court, was to operate. So everything has come down based upon the precedence of this admiralty law, traditional British admiralty law, and that is not what we want here. We want something different. So we'll change the environment, and that's why the, the president designates rules all by himself with his cabinet for 120 days, for four months. His purpose is very simple. It is to set up a system that gets rid of by transforming the entire system of government in this country, starting at the top and working its way all the way to the bottom. So that's what's, that's what's happening. Well, even, though this is a good even though this is a good change, will people be... Um, may not understand it, could fear it at the very beginning because it is a change? Well, that's why one of the things that everyone who has been talking about putting the SAR into law and actually doing it has said the one thing we need to do is a massive use of all aspects of both network and, and social media. We have to allow for the Internet, take the government site, and put all the stuff that is, re that is required to explain what is happening and put it in print and have the president or anyone of the cabinet members every night address people to explain it all and have a common Q&A in the network and also blow this out to all social media so that everybody gets a chance to look at this, to understand it, and if they don't understand something to ask pertinent questions so they can understand it. The purpose of this government when it comes in under Nassar is not to uh, 
do what this present set of governments have done, which is to execute laws and not explain. It's essential that all this stuff that is coming out to change this government, to transform it, be as transparent as possible so that people can understand it, can see what's happening, and can ask questions about it so that they can get a feedback so they will be able to appreciate it. It's not just bringing in more monies and prosperity. It's about changing a whole political culture in this country, which has unfortunately become so corrupt and so one-sided in who it really represents that it needs to be completely changed. And that's what we're talking about. Sheldon? Sheldon. You know, um, when we talk about Nasara, uh, would you also talk about what we call Gasara, which means global? Right. Um, that this will start in the United States, but then how it goes around the world? Exactly, exactly. We have to realize that this is not just a unique thing happening here in the United States. It's something that's going to be spreading around. There are governments right now all over the world, like Indonesia, India, or what's going on in, in Iceland, for example, where people have come forth and have really asked to change the entire culture of how that political society operates. And what, with what Kassara does, which means global version of instead of national, what it does is support that procedure fully by saying, yes, this is what we have to do, because this is about a change in consciousness, ultimately. And that means we have to change completely one system, which is how the political culture and then with it also the, the economic culture of this particular planet operates. We start with America and we move out. But also while this is happening, new economic systems will be coming on board. Like for instance, today we had the BRICS Development Bank officially started. So we have systems being implemented right now around the world which are based upon the need to end the whole procedure of how economy operates. In other words, this one little group, whether it's in Wall Street or the city in London or wherever, can no longer, by what they do, feel that they are some uh, mighty king-like operation that what they say happens and realize that the, the whole thing is about bringing forth the rights of humanity, and actually for the first time on a large scale being able to have that actually be enforced. And that's when a basic part of what this is all about. Wow. I, I, I see. It's interesting. So you're actually saying there's already um, a little pinpoint out there that it's already starting to happen and... Um, that's wonderful. I was going to say, did you see any? Do you see any aspects like that? Wow. There is that. You, like for instance, Little Iceland has done all the stuff that we're talking about, and they did it a few years ago. And that's an example of what we're talking about. They threw their government out. They threw the banksters out. They created a whole new constitution. They actually arrested all the politicians and all the bankers involved in the old political culture, and put them away. And those that have fled to other countries, they're now working internationally with Interpol and other agencies to try to find ways to get them uh, brought back so that they could then be tried. So what is happening right now is Little Iceland is showing us all that this indeed can be done. The, uh, there are also other little countries like, like Hungary, and we can go around the world and talk about what the new governments of, let's say, India and Indonesia. But what we're talking about is a movement. And that movement deals with the whole process of changing not only the economic culture of this planet, but the political one as well. Because we're talking about, in all of this, about a, a shift in consciousness. And that means that the, the old stuff that has been going on for centuries can no longer continue. And so... There is a huge movement right now, and, and the BRICS Bank and a lot of countries that are associated with it, besides just the five, six countries that are the basis of the BRICS endeavor, their purpose is to provide an alternative. And, of course, many countries in this world understand that the, the thing they're 
being the alternative to is this whole monetary system that was set up originally, the Dumbarton Oak system, in 1944. And the big monster that came out of that is the Federal Reserve, the U.S. Federal Reserve, which, of course, is not very federal. It's about as federal as FedEx <laughs> and has as much reserves as uh, any, any bankrupt homeless person walking around in the street. So what we have to realize is, but it has been using fiat monies and the power of the U.S. military to create a kind of, you might say, almost dictator, economic dictatorship around this world, which is causing a lot of pain and suffering. And that's why many countries created something like BRICS and now the BRICS Development Bank. And that's why we have a thing called Basel III, which is all about creating a banking system that is free, open, and transparent. And that's right now working its way around the world, where many, many countries are acknowledging the whole concept behind Basel III and implementing it in their particular countries. So we have an alternative to all of this. Even in the IMF, there is a group that represents the, the BRICS countries that is beginning to have a very relevant role to play in, uh, in the International Monetary Fund. And they are worth their development bank. They are attempting to get rid of the basic concepts set up by the IMF and the, uh, the World Bank. Both of them, of course, operate, out of, strangely enough, out of Washington. And so what we need to realize in all of this is that there is a shift going on. And realize this changing shift is also about the change in consciousness. More and more people have grown fed up and realize there are ways of developing alternatives so that this great change we're talking about, which I have been talking about because people who tell me what to talk about and in the Federation, etc., have told me to emphasize this. And, and as you look around, you read various articles, you see what's happening, you begin to see a pattern is developing around this planet, which is moving toward uh, degrees of debt forgiveness, uh, new ways of putting together development projects, and that there is a general prosperity that is getting ready to happen. And that all deals with the reevaluation of currency and, and the global reset of this currency, which is all very, very close to happening. So what we have is a shift in our worldwide economic system, and we've seen various little aspects of it around the world where we've seen nations that are willing to have a change, the most extreme of which is Iceland. To me, Iceland is the ultimate prototype, and I think it's very interesting that virtually no national newspaper in this country or no national magazine or any of the major networks has ever done a real documentary about what has been going on in Iceland for the past five years. There's been absolutely a giant uh, blackout on all of it. I think it's very interesting because if the American people got to see the result of all of this and the amount of energy and power that the people got out of what they have done, there would be a revolution in this country because when people really understand what is going on in this country, and they really understand the way most of the people in the world think about it, they would not like this. Like, for instance, this Saturday, June the 19th, there's a big giant rally in all through Germany against the, against the Fed. So what we have is not only in third world countries that you might think of, like uh, India or Indonesia or whatever, but it's also happening in Germany. So just remember that there is a worldwide effort going on in consciousness to change the process, to create a better economic system, to bring forth prosperity, to allow for debt forgiveness, to allow for a whole new system of how this planet does its economic business. And that really, to me, is what makes me ecstatic and happy about what's going on out there. It's not all bleak as some people would think. There's a great change occurring, and that great change deals with the rising consciousness that's happening to all of us. Sheldon, I think it might be interesting um, for people who don't know what you mean by BRICS countries to just identify the countries that created uh, the BRICS nation. Sure, sure. BRICS stands for Brazil, Russia, India. Let's see. Indonesia? In, no, not Indonesia. Um, China and uh, South Africa. 
I thought there were two eyes. <laughs> no, there's one right now officially. Indonesia is trying to join, as is India, but they haven't. Well, India already is in the door. Uh-uh. But the other countries are not. So basically it just stands for Brazil, Russia, the I is India, and the C is China, and the S is South Africa. South Africa got its way in because originally this was all called BRIC economics. Now it's BRICS. So it, there will be new additions to this as it moves along. There's a development uh, bank being done today, and there is a conference going on in Brazil, and all the, all the uh, leaders of all those countries that we just mentioned are there, and their job is to get the bank going and to explain about it. And just one of the things they want to do is expand the Central Council of the Development Bank and of the, the BRICS banks. There's a talk of uh, Saudi Arabia, which is setting up its own uh, improvement bank system, its own economic bank system, to, to join with them and create a greater, more potent system. So we have to realize that this involves a whole series of countries as well as a, a, a massive need on the part of people for prosperity and fairness. People are, have gotten tired of the way the Fed and its various allies have run roughshod over, over this country and even created situations that have led to wars and all kinds of suffering. They just want to bring that whole system down and allow for a whole new reality to happen. Well, Has also, it propaganda, the last, is the propaganda that's been fed to us about China and Russia, because um, it sounds to me like they're on the right track, but what we hear on the news, we don't hear that. No, we don't, because you have to realize the bankers in this country and the large corporations, whether they're industrial or whatever, uh, all of them are afraid of what is happening, so they have pretty well kept any positive aspects of all of this down. Example is the Ukraine. You can go on with all kinds of examples. Uh, what is happening here is that the media in this country represents this group of elites or very wealthy people whose purpose is to maintain this policy. You might call them, I call them the pro-Fed group. You might call the other group the anti-Fed group, as is what's now happening in Germany, where we have, as I said this Saturday, a nationwide uh, rally against the Federal Reserve. And it sounds kind of weird. Why would a bunch of Germans in a continent across the ocean from the Federal Reserve want suddenly to protest about the power and asking that the Federal Reserve be abolished? Because they realize that the Federal Reserve is behind the what happens, military policy in the United States, as well as a lot of other related fields dealing, dealing with economic policy the United States is uh, basic, busily doing. And so they want all that ended. And so this shows you that there is indeed a game going on in this world. I call it, it's, which used to, this game used to be called Realpolitik in the old 19th century. There is a realpolitik going on right now between those groups representing the alternatives and the United States and England, which represent the traditional group. In other words, the, the British banks under what goes on in what is called the city in London and the United States banksters, which are, of course, esconded in New York City on Wall Street and in Washington on K Street, which... K Street, the K Street people, the special interest groups pretty well run the Congress and pretty much tell the president what to do. So what we have is these two basic groups working to get an edge. And, of course, the British-U.S. group is losing right now because it's fiat money versus real money. And what is happening right now, India, China, Russia, a bunch of other groups like Brazil are talking about backing their currency with real value. This system in the United States got really out of hand before World War II and Roosevelt no longer permitted gold and other precious metals, especially gold, to be used as basically money, uh, something you could barter with. If you use it like money, you're basically a criminal. <laughs> so we have to bring the gold standard 
back here and we need to bring it around the world. We need to change the system because those people that are now quote-unquote super wealthy are basing all their income on fiat money that's non-backed. It's floatable money. When you put the value into money, you take that big balloon that's called fiat money and you burst it. And so when the, and that they are trying to, tooth and nail to fight because they realize that when this new economic system comes online, they're done. And this is something that the world is beginning to understand and is working very hard right now to, to happen, and we're not that far away from it happening right now. Sheldon, over the last couple of days also, um, uh, President Putin decided to bestow a gift upon the Cuban government by eliminating their $32 billion in debt left over from the Russia era. And, um, I mean, Cuba still will be paying 3.2. Uh, they're not off the hook. They're give, giving them 90 days to, um, um, excuse me, they're, they're giving them 10 years to, to um, pay back. But it's still a great big thrust into this same thing about eliminating debt. Right. Right. Is, is, this, is this a process that we're going to be seeing take place in other parts and other sure. countries as sure. well? One of the things we have to realize is that more and more countries are realizing that we have to label, before we can change this entire economic system, we have to level the playing field. So one of the things that we need to do for leveling the playing field is to get rid of all old debt. And that means not just governmental debt, like you're seeing with Cuba, but personal debt. In other words, anything that is related to any kind of uh, illicit activity on the part of governments or banks, etc., needs to be forgiven, like taxes and mortgage and student loans and car loans, etc. So all that needs to be forgiven. And so what is happening is these things which have been happening on the national level are just a, a forerunner for the whole uh, procedure of allowing this to go way down to the personal level. Everybody who's a major economic expert involved in how to change this have said the first major thing needed is an international jubilee. And that's just a fancy thing in the Bible where uh, jubilee years in the Bible were where everything was forgiven and you started again from zero. And that basically is what uh, the economists are calling for right now. So we need to understand that this is also on the horizon. So not only is it the change in the economic system, the change in the way the banks operate, it's also a change in the very nature of what debt is all about. And remember, this present system is based entirely upon debt. Maybe the debt is set on fiat monies, but the thing is we have given a value, even though that value is in our heads, not in reality. It's a virtual debt. But that debt has caused ruins to lots of people, not only in this country, but around the world. So that needs to be done away with, and we need to start again from scratch. And that is what right now is in the process of happening. So we're very close to an international jubilee being declared. We're also very close to uh, Basel III compliancy and banks around the world happening and for a uh, revaluation of currencies, and also for a, a general global reset of currencies. So what is happening right now are the preliminaries to allow all that to happen and to maintain the minimalist of, of debt accruement. That's why they have been setting up things like, like BRICS, for instance, with its development bank. They want to create a development bank where loans are given out, but it's done in such a way that countries can easily repay them. Uh, the IMF has acted like a dictator in many countries and told them what they had to do, which meant that many of the services needed to help their people, etc., were told by the IMF, you couldn't do that, you have to pay us. And that is unacceptable to the, to the BRICS countries and to their development banks. So they want to create a development system that allows for all these loans to happen because the planet is in dire need of rebuilding its basic system of how its structures are put together, its, its uh, sewage systems, its telephone systems, its water systems, its electrical systems. And, of course, we can talk about highways and sidewalks and bridges and et cetera, and we can go on and on and on and talk about it. But 
Every country in this world is in dire need of that. Also, a proper system so that water can be distributed throughout this world easily, safely, and quickly, so that nobody has to worry about dying of thirst or of using water that's unhealthy. This is a dire situation for many parts of Africa and Asia and South America, for instance. There's also the, the need to, to just clean up all the stuff in our oceans and water and air as far as different countries go. We have, we have lakes and rivers all across the world that are just too badly polluted to be used. So we need to change all of that. And that's what we're talking about. Plus our skies, we have all kinds of crap up there caused by pollution. We need to change all of this, and that requires some real funds to make it all possible for this to happen. So that's what this prosperity is about. It's about finally creating economic systems that allow the people to feel that those things that are required for them to live properly and live at the maximum level of health and security actually occur instead of the halfway house type things of doing things that most congresses and legislatures around the world have provided for their people. It's time to end all this stuff and make it real as far as promises that politicians make for actually making these infrastructures work again and work properly. Sheldon, you actually um I want to go to one of your previous webinars that I was on, and it wasn't too long ago, Colleen, you might have a recall of what it was. But in that previous webinar, you said something that I just loved. You said that our universe has one sound, a system of harmonics. So my question is, as our DNA and RNA is being changed, is that sound of harmonics playing different sounds to nurture and awaken our bodies to all that which we are about to enter into so that it's easier for us to live more easily, peacefully on our planet? Right, you just answered your own question, what you said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, mean, is it, I mean, is it really happening? And I mean, is that what's taking place? Oh, yeah, that's happening all around this planet. We have uh, what a lot of people call ascension symptoms happening to them. All this is about the fact that every single one of us has a harmonic, a core energy. And this core energy is being raised up. Now, when you raise up the energies of a system, you have to then work on harmonizing each part of it. And so when you work on harmonizing each part of it, it means at times it won't work properly Example of that is what's been happening to us over the past two days. We had to change uh, our Wi-Fi uh, carrier. So when we changed that and we, we worked, to a, worked to a different one, we found that the system was having trouble changing and causing all kinds of difficulties. And that is exactly what happens to people. Just like uh, we have to constantly recalibrate, so people's bodies have to recalibrate. And this leads to, to pains. This leads to sudden feelings of fear and anxiety that you never felt before and you don't understand what it's about, and numbness and all the other stuff, blurry vision, etc. So what is happening to, to us on a scale of, com of a computer network is happening to people on this singular phase of their own individual system. So our bodies and all the things that make it up are right now in, in the process of shifting. And that causes, as I said, certain parts to work properly and certain parts not to as they adjust. And that differentiation can lead to pains and all kinds of side effects. And that's what's been happening to us. And we just like to put them all together and just call them ascension syndromes. And one of the things that I'm <laughs> going to be doing with the, with the webinar on Sunday which is called ascension, is talking about these ascension syndromes and talking about what they are and why they're happening and explaining to people how they can uh, work on lessening them, making them a little bit better. But that's something that I've been involved with as, as well. I mean, one of the side effects that I learned about was uh, your stomach becomes very sensitive and I had a little bit of gas pains this morning that were based on the fact that I didn't take proper attention to what was happening. And so, so you can't ignore these changes 
because you will get side effects, as I got with the stomach pains. It's part of this process of change that we're all going through right now. It's made us more sensitive. It's enlarged our energies as far as our consciousness to accept things that before we didn't believe in. And we're now seeing as we get our consciousness changed and shifted that suddenly all these things, all these ideas are no longer seeming nonsensical or illogical. They're now seeming like things that we should definitely take an interest in and get a better understanding of how it operates. And so That's our body. <laughs> that's our body. Yes. Well, Mother Earth is shifting. Mother Earth is shifting. So right, it's not just field. us. It's, it's Mother Earth, right? And there's lots of things happening around Mother Earth right now, which shows you that not only are we shifting, but she's shifting. And not only is Mother Earth changing, but every major planet in this entire planetary system in this solar system is doing the same thing. So it it tells you just one thing. It says that not only on a very small level is all this stuff happening, but it's also happening on a macro level throughout this entire solar system, which is, of course, a large part of space that's billions of miles of space we're talking about, which encompasses our planets, our moons, etc., as well as our sun. So it's happening on a micro level with ourselves, and it's happening on a... an incredible, incredible macro level with our entire solar system. So we have to realize that this consciousness shift, this reality shift, is not just including us. It includes everything that we know of as being part of this reality that we exist in. And even the stuff that we see up in the, in the sky at night, the stars are going through changes. So we are entirely in a period of immense shift. Well, I know some fishermen, and the uh, fishermen use the tide tables, you know, the tide books with the mm-hmm. tables. They said they're, they're completely off. They can't use them anymore. <laughs> so That's just part of uh, what's going on now. I know. Can I, I just, just kind like of like to interject? Yes. Um, in Sheldon's last update, which just came out yesterday, um, he gives a free update every week. And uh, you can go to our website to get that. But he talks about the best example is what is happening to your heart chakra. This heart, this chakra is now separating into two, producing a new heart chakra and produce, introducing the thymus chakra, which is also called the upper heart chakra, to your body's energy system. And at present, the new heart chakra is in effect. So the newer thymus chakra is in various stages of construction and the thymus is to handle your increased immune system and to work with the new diaphragm chakra to eliminate tragic effects which fear can cause to your body. And that's what I went through for the last couple months. I'm coming out of it now. But increased anxiety. And in the last week, I have received dozens and dozens of emails with people saying, Colleen, I don't understand it. I am in all this anxiety that... I'm not accustomed to having, and that is the answer. So I wanted to uh, say that because so many people are writing to me that I'm sure your listeners are also experiencing this. And Sheldon explained it to me very well about, you know, we we hold all those memories and fears in our diaphragm, in our solar plexus. And um, so now that it's integrating with our new heart, upper heart chakra it's um, releasing it, so it, we're experiencing it as anxiety. Well, I'm experiencing, yeah, um, I'm, I'm experiencing my heart beating fast sometimes, and then it goes away, then it comes back and go, it beats really fast. So I'm contributing that to the, the change. Right. That's, that's hmm. one of the symptoms that they mentioned to me when I was doing putting the webinar together, that people hmm. will get infrequent uh, racing of the heart, and then it'll stop. Or you may go through a period of time when it happens a lot, and then it stops. That's because the heart, the new heart chakra creates the need to change the energy patterns and the circulation patterns of the body. And so that puts stress on the heart, and it causes it to have to go into periods when it beats faster or slower. And, of course, when it beats faster, it can cause panic to people because people think, oh, I'm having a heart attack or something. And when you're not, it's just the heart is just adjusting to the new systems of, of the neural systems. You have to realize 
the heart actually has more neural connections in it over that same area as the brain. So it is adjusting to all the shifts just as our brain is as well. So we have various mental changes occurring in our heart, which causes these, these rapid heartbeats, as well as what's happening in our brain. So is that also part of the the big tear jags that a lot of people are having early? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Recently, I was at an uh, event where people were giving readings, and I went to ask a question. I began to weep like a baby, which is not a normal my normal demeanor, and my voice sounded like a little squeaky mouse with a high pitched C note. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was shocked what came out of my mouth. But in your newsletter, too, and this last newsletter is incredible. Anybody ought to grab it on paoweb.com. Correct. And, um, okay, the, and you talked about the initial increase of your DNA from two to three strands. Right. I went, oh, my gosh, this is, this is really happening, Sheldon. It's really happening. <laughs> You're getting more light brought into you. It's the energy system of the body, and remember, remember, your your genetics are in the the center of your of every cell in your body. So what's happening is, as it increases more light into the nucleus, the center of the cells, it's bringing more energy in. And so sometimes we get overwhelmed by it, so we'll go into mass fatigue, or sometimes we'll have so much energy we just can't sleep. So we go back and forth between fatigue and sleeplessness and too much energy, and we don't know what to do with it all. And sometimes that will lead to us having panic attacks because we are so confused and upset by what's happening. So this is just part of this uh, procedure that we're talking about. We are changing. All the preliminaries are happening, which will allow us to bring all this forward. And when the mentors arrive, what's going to happen is they can then look in us directly and advise us what's going on and then we can have discussions with them about this whole procedure that's why they are coming before we get into uh, the chambers to transform actually the final you know phase of it all and become fully conscious we need a teacher so to speak to allow us to sit there and talk about what's happening to us and feel relieved knowing that this is indeed what is happening and if some minor adjustment needs to be made, the mentor can do it for us. And so he can also, he or she can also work on the process of allowing us to better understand what is happening to us in each level as these changes occur. So one of the things that the mentors will do is not only prepare us for our transformation, they'll allow us to get a better overall historical aspects of who and what we are and where all that we are right now is leading towards. So there's no need to say this is sudden. You can have a total immersion in who and what you are and how each other relates to all of us and get a better idea of how we fit together as a, as a worldwide community as and as individuals. And that's really important, and that's why they did the mentor system. They want us to have a chance, all of us, to really get to know what's happening to us and to not be afraid of the whole system of it so that we understand it, we accept it, and we can get downright in joy about it, which is what I am. I can't wait for it to happen, to tell you the truth. But anyway, <laughs> my, my process is I just want everybody to know that this is all happening. The Federation has not forgotten about us. They have a system of waiting the amount of ships in the sky that people see or sightings in the daytime has vastly increased. They're doing as best they can to prepare us and to get messages to us so that we understand much better the process that's happening. And soon we'll have announcements that deal with the whole process of these changes we've just been talking about and about the actual coming of our space brothers and our inner earth brethren to allow us to experience this on a much higher level and move on to the next one. That's the part that really excites me to tell you the truth. Uh, I have missed being daily on the ships or talking with them daily in a, for hours on end. 
I do it for short periods of time, but for the most part, it's uh, based upon uh, the stuff, the materials that I need to communicate to people. I have not had really, really long, except infrequently, talks with them about what's going on in terms of myself and in terms of contact. So when I get those, I am happy. <laughs> well, we thank you for that peak. That peak is marvelous for us to hear, believe me. Recently, I just want to say something. Recently at our household, we were, we've implemented prayers that go something like, uh, like this, like the Indians make prayer. So there are no negative aspects leading with the prayers. We say something like, um, thank you, God, for bringing that awesome breeze with the sunshine today. Or um, I said prior to our interview, I went, thank you, God, for having an awesome interview with Sheldon and Colleen. And I said, thank you, God, for my kitty's health and that kind of thing. So it's as if it's already happened in how we want um, to be able to have it there. Uh, and um, it's amazing that a couple of our neighbors also that were talking kind of not too positively have implemented that as well, and they're starting to laugh with it. I mean, like, <laughs> it sounds funny to say it that way, but, I mean, they're starting to laugh. Uh, I just wanted to share that with our listeners. And, Sheldon, you have this webinar coming on Sunday, and um, so for people to get there and be able to be with you, tell us a little about what, what the webinar is going to be like. And don't forget the website is powweb.com, P-A-O-Web.com. Right. Right. Tell us what the webinars are going to be about. Okay, this is called Ascension. And what we're going to be talking about are Ascension symptoms. What are they? Why are they here? Why is there a reality shift going on? And this actual change into full consciousness how is that going to happen, and what is the process for that? And also looking at the ascension symptoms, which are a part of this ascension procedure, and ways to alleviate a lot of the pains that you feel. So that's what we're going to be, be talking about. We're going to show people that all of this is very, very close, and that it's happening to all of us. We're all going through these symptoms right now. It's another sign that we are indeed getting very, very close to the change. And, of course, I'm expecting right around the corner these first big announcements, which will deal with the, the currency shifts and going from there toward actually getting rid of this cover-up and getting part and parcel of the process of them coming down here. That's what I'm really waiting for. I told you, I got, they are... They are my idols. I I love these wonderful beings of light, and I want the whole world to experience the magnificence of what they're about and to get educated by them as they prepare to become their true associates. So that's what this uh, is all about, and it'll be for in a, a little over an hour, and then we'll have about a half hour, 20 minutes of questions. So we go from 12 to about 1.30. It's just 15 bucks. And to sign up, just go to www.paoweb. That's all one word, paoweb.com. Now, the people that you your uh, that are attending your uh, webinar, will they go out in the world and, and act as mentors also? They'll all be trained, but the the main mentors are going to be uh, the uh, people from space that have been trained. But you will be able, once we get these changes like Nassar, et cetera, you'll be able to interact with one another and get a better understanding of what's happening. The medical implications of these changes have been largely kept down because of all this cover-up, and I cannot wait for the whole process to be done with so that we can talk about all this wonderful material openly. I will add to that that, Paula, you are correct that our webinars are designed to educate, to inspire, so that people can intelligently talk to their friends, family, and community. So in that way, they are becoming mentors. But when Sheldon was talking earlier about mentors, he meant the Galactic Federation when um, they do land and come to uh, mentor us, to teach us about the ascension, and also uh, they will be with the ascended masters as well. Exactly. Perfectly put, my love. Thank you. <laughs> well, we, 
the hour is uh, almost completed, but uh, we've enjoyed having both of you with us today. And thank you so much. Oh, yeah. Thank you both for sitting on the edge in preparation to support humanity. Um, it's such, such a fresh breeze of love that comes in our direction, and we thank you both for doing that so much and uh, spending the time with us today. That was lovely. Right, and I'll be enjoying being with you. So thank you for giving us the uh, option to spend the time with you. Well, and if anybody didn't have pen and pencil, they can just hop on our uh, website and get the information about um, Sheldon's uh, webinar and newsletter. So thank you, and have a great day. Right, both of you have a great day as well. Bye-bye. Lots of love. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. is Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.